Good morning. Would you stand and sing with us? We thank you for this day. We thank you for this great opportunity that we are here together in this place to worship you. We pray that you would open our hearts and our minds today so that we could receive your message and focus on the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, my King, how my soul will 
you turn and greet one another? Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the minister here. We're so grateful that you're here. Uh, we frame our announcements in the five practices that we try to live out. This is our effort, our dream, our hope uh, to offer these five things to people who walk through the door. The first is radical hospitality. And one way we want to offer radical hospitality is to communicate as well as possible. Um, we have two emails that we send on Tuesday and Thursday. We have our bulletins that give you week-to-week uh, -week information. And we have a monthly newsletter. Um, it's on the back table back there. And it's um, some stuff looking back and celebrating, but a great deal of stuff that's looking forward and projecting. Uh, so make sure that you get a printed newsletter. And if you're a digital person, when the newsletter comes out in its printed format, it's also in the email. You can click on a PDF of it. I'm going to call on Rochelle Foster to give us two announcements regarding that as well. Good morning. I have it on good authority. I do not need to move the microphone. It will be adjusted to my volume. Um, two announcements. One is in the distance. The UMW Spring Luncheon is coming up. Honestly, I don't even have the date in my mind. Anybody? March 25th. Thank you, Marsha. Uh, the tickets are $8. We are going to have some fantastic chicken and then lots of yummy sides. And here's the most important part for you guys to take away. We have a guest speaker, Kristen Dollar, from the Sunday Scripture Podcast, that if you don't listen to you need to tap into that um, she's going to be our guest speaker I do not know what she'll be speaking on but I know that it'll be absolutely wonderful you can see a United Methodist member for purchasing tickets and Beth will soon have some tickets in the office as well that's the first announcement. announcement the second announcement is tonight in the bridal suite We have two members that have put together um, a Bible study focused on probably younger women and the crazy lives that we have, um, trying to balance home life, personal life, and, and work and church. It's titled, Overwhelmed Schedule, Underwhelmed Heart. Now. The two ladies who have graciously put their hearts and minds together in their time have asked for prayer. So please pray for them. I think they think it's not going to be anything spectacular, but I think it's going to be absolutely wonderful because it's wisdom coming from another generation poured to us. So thank you for that. And then I have another announcement that has not been approved, so I will ask for forgiveness later. Not I just realized this morning after reading and talking to things that our youth program does not have um, consistent volunteers 
And I know you all know how important our youth are. So if you feel it, would you reach out to Katie Kate and see how you can be helpful? It's not, I don't think she's asking for uh, 60 hours a week. So I think any time that you can give would be wonderful. So, so thank you. So the forgiveness deal, is that, is that the typical deal in the foster household? Is that a one-way street or is that a two-way street? Oh, four-way oh, four street. Um, pray for our missions committee. They meet tomorrow night for the first time. They'll be meeting throughout the year. Dale Richforth is our chair. And pray for the nominations committee. Um, we, in our meeting, Monday meeting structure, we push nominations all the way to the front of the year rather than getting in an emergency situation at charge conference. We're looking at our leadership and we're looking at how many freshmen do we have? How many sophomores do we have? How many juniors do we have? How many seniors do we have on our committees? And looking for balance for leadership for next year, um, getting ahead of the game. Let me say a uh, small thing about Advent United Methodist. Y'all seen, seen the news about Advent? So let me tell you good news about that. Um, the reason there was a fire is because there was construction. The reason there was construction is because the church has grown so dramatically. They were going to take out the back of the church and push it back and add a new building behind it for all sorts of um, offices and, and um, gathering spaces and things like that. So the reason it happened is because of construction, which is a very good thing. The other very good thing is they had already moved all their stuff out of the sanctuary, but for a couple of items. And they're in their gym, been worshiping in their gym. And um, expected to until October and November. Their setup is, um, is mid-court format. So everything's mid-court. And so all their stuff, the altar, the chairs, everything was there. They were set up to worship there this Sunday. Um, now, well, they have heartbreak, I'm, I'm certain. And emotions are high this morning, I'm certain. Uh, one of my dear friends is serving there, um, Michael Turner. We'll certainly pray for them. But they've got some momentum uh, that a fire has nothing to do with. Um, they're, they're, it's going to take them more time. And they'll have to recalibrate what they were going to do with that worship space. Um, but they will come out um, in, in some time, I'm sure, uh, infinitely better uh, th than they were. So I'm grateful for all the people that reached out to them. I reached out to them. Uh, lots of good friends that are serving there. And um, they are set up for success uh, despite this setback. And I'm grateful for that. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we pray for those who cannot worship in their space this morning for whatever reason around this planet. But we know that however many people that have gathered in whatever place they have gathered and whatever text they are reading, they're gathering in your name. Your people have been on the road before. Your people have wandered before. Your people have celebrated new buildings before. Your people have suffered devastation before. And you've been present at every step. We're grateful for you being with us and blessing this place this morning, that it may be a place of worship. Where we read your text, where we sing your songs, where we pray your prayer, where we learn about conflict and human error. Help us, Lord, to make this text our text, that we can understand the story and your call upon us. Bless us this morning as we pray the prayer your Son taught His disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Before we start with our text today, let's talk about a word. Arbitration. Two parties, whether they be individuals or two corporations, or I guess an individual and a corporation, come together with an individual who's there to help them resolve their conflict. They do not want to go to the courtroom. They don't want to pay the money that it's going to take to settle it. But they also know that they cannot resolve it between themselves. And I'm sure there's all kinds of arbitration. The primary way that I hear about it all the time is actually baseball between an individual and the team in terms of the contract of whether it's going to go to arbitration. There's binding and non-binding. Not sure why in the world there would be non-binding. You don't have to abide by what the decision was. I don't know how that couldn't just spiral off. But there is non-binding arbitration. And there's binding arbitration. Whatever happens, whatever this person decides, this individual that they are going to is both judge and jury. And they have to abide by it and can go to court with the decision if it's not held up. Now, Paul is writing his people in Corinth who cannot settle their dispute, but there's not going to be a winner and a loser. There's a settling of something goofy that they've been fighting over. Which one is the leader? Which one is not the leader? And he's about to set them straight in our text today. Chapter 3, verse 1. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? So let's go with the first phrase. Milk, not solid food. And let, let's take just a second... Um, those of you who have been here some time, you know, George Strait was a minister who served here a number of years. He's retired and still serves here as much as if he were getting paid to do so. John Rush served here for just about as much time and is the exact same. Not in personality, but in commitment. If some of you were to say, George Strait knows what our church should be doing right now. If some of you were to say, John Rush knows what our church should be doing right now, and some of you were to say, Joe Kate knows what our church should be doing right now, and we could not settle it, we would be getting this letter. That's the mindset. So milk, not solid food. This is, um, this is what I call a tone setter. This is a phrase that is letting people know exactly where they stand. When a leader walks in a room and slams the door and lets people know what's going on based on what they're saying, there's been times when I've been the tone setter and there's been times when I was in the room and the door was slammed and the tone was set for me and the group that I was in. You ever hear a um, classic southern woman say, bless her heart, she didn't even know what she doesn't know. There's a grace in that. 
And there's an accountability in that. She doesn't even know what she doesn't know. That's why that person is struggling in whatever environment they're in. They don't even know what's right. And of course, boys can have that struggle too. That's an instance in which something has got to change for you to understand a higher level of this situation so that we don't continue to have this problem. I served my junior year at the Citadel on uh, what's called the cadre, which is the um, um, juniors at the Citadel are like parents for the freshmen. They're supposed to take them in nine months from moron to functional over nine months. And one, in one instance, it was the first night of um, Hell Week. A, uh, so we had these white round hats that you're very familiar with. Those hats have a rain cover on them that's black. So that if it's raining, you have the cover on that as part of your uniform. A knob, they call them knobs. A knobs roommate had quit. So he didn't have anybody to bounce what they were doing off of, which is a lonely, isolating place to be when we're screaming at you. He came down for showers with that white hat cover as a shower cap. <laughs> I got in trouble all the time for laughing as a knob as you might imagine and some of my friends knew that and they provoked me all the time but I would have to watch it too as a cadre sergeant because they would do stuff that was so funny we were looking at them you trying we're not to me I wasn't trying to raise the intensity level just to be mean I was trying to raise the intensity level to raise the intensity level that they could handle that they could then function in their life this we're we're raising the intensity level and this guy comes down the stairs and down the hall with that thing on as a hat. He, and we don't have any hair. Like he's shaved his head. Like there's no reason for a shower cap. You've never worn a shower cap in your life with hair. And now you have no hair. And he came down with that thing on. And we're yelling and we're yelling and we're yelling and we look. And I went, mm, 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 <laughs> mm, mm, mm. And just had to walk away. And the first one of us that could recover turned around and just lit into him to let him know that we don't need shower caps when you come down. These are two very different images of not even knowing what you don't know. And that's the kind of tone that Paul wants to set with his people in this part of the letter. And uh, this is your next phrase. It's very clear there was an indication of a problem that he wants to address. Um, the people have learned a great deal, but they haven't learned enough. And you know when you've learned just enough to be dangerous, right? It's called your 20s, right? You know just enough, but you don't have the experience going with it. And the clear indication of their law is they are fighting over human leaders whether to follow Paul or whether to follow Apollos. And of talking to friends this week about that, we say, well, why, why are we prone to follow human leaders over um, God or the, or the teachings of Jesus? Well, um, humans are tangible. I can reach out and touch you. I can impact what you say based on things that I do or things that I give or things that I don't do or things that I don't give. Humans are tangible. I can see you, whereas... Um, I might struggle to understand without having Jesus right in front of me. In fact, doing this lesson with CEP kids, twos and threes, 
one of them asked me, is God real because I've never seen him? I thought, we were just doing this little light of mine. We're going to get deep on this. Wow. But it's, the, it's, it's talking about being tangible. Humans say things we like to hear. More than Jesus does. Humans affirm our preconceived notions, which is what we want in a leader. Say the things I already believe so I don't have to shift anything. I don't have to change anything. I don't have to stop anything. I don't have to do anything. We already got this. We're good. Just say that so that I don't have to bother with it. And I don't know if this is exactly right, but it could be humans are mortal. Therefore, one day I can occupy that spot. He can only serve there so long. And one day I get to be in that position making the decisions. So there's several reasons why they're fighting over human leaders. It makes sense. We understand it. But he's calling them to a higher standard and says we've got to elevate our behavior, our actions, our words. Let's look at verse 5. What after all is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed. Apollos watered it but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. That is um, powerful. A couple sentences there, and this is the phrase I think captures it. Servants to the one who makes the grass grow. You ever hear someone pray to God like that? There's grass out there that has existed longer than you have. Grass has been here before you. Grass will be here after you. I um, served a church in Charleston. And we went out to a family's home. And on, that, on their backyard, they had a tidal creek. And we watched it come in at dinner. And I said, what do you think about that creek has been coming in and out before you were ever born, before you ever walked in the door, before you ever built a house? It will be here long after you're gone and someone else is in this house. How does that make you feel? I say stuff like that instead of, how's the weather? <laughs> like That's just weird things I do. And he said, um, I find it comforting because there's a constant. There's something far bigger than me that's happening without my action, without my word, without anything that I'm doing. There's a constant in God's creation. So if we were to remember that, if we were to think, um, I'm just the one that's watering it for a little while before someone else comes along. The grass grew before me, and it will grow after me. It grew before this leader that I think is great or terrible. It will grow after this leader that I think is great or terrible. There's a certain permanence to it. Let's look at verse 8. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. So if we look at your last phrase, if you thought of every co-worker you've ever had, how many out of ten did you enjoy? 
Why did you enjoy them? Do you have similar personality? Do you have similar family? Do you have similar work ethic? Did you have opposing skill sets, which really helped each other out? Did you have similar skill sets in a common purpose? Think about the people you didn't enjoy at all. I don't want to derail you, and you think about that the rest of the day, but think about people that you didn't enjoy as a coworker or currently do not enjoy as a coworker. Is, is it because they're not functional in their position? Is it because they're not friendly? Is it because they're too functional and friendly? And ugh, functional, friendly person over there making life hard for everybody else. Right? There's all sorts of people that I've worked with for 17 years. And then for many years before that, you know, like as a server, I worked at Carowinds, a huge amusement park. Um, and there's times when coworkers say, make you think, I wonder if I could go out on my own and have my own business. Then I wouldn't have to deal with any of them. Of course, then what do you have to do if the business grows? You gotta hire people. You hire people, then you're gonna have to deal with people. And of course, your business is about connecting to people. We gotta deal with people there, right? Does it feel better to call people in your church coworkers or feel worse? You say, no, don't, don't call them coworkers because I've had trouble with coworkers before. But these are people who are attempting to water the ground just as you are, to leave it as good as you found it or better for future people that will hold this task because we are all finite. We all have a, lim a limited window of time. Could we keep three phrases in mind as we're thinking about this? Do your job. If, if you got paid $25 an hour for every hour that you thought about how someone else was doing in their job, how much money would you have at the end of the year? Could you go on vacation? Could you go on a killer vacation? Do your job, is what he's saying. We're not, we're not talking about what kind of job that person's doing. We're not talking about um, whether that person's worthy or not. We're not talking about whether human leaders are the true one that we follow or not. We're doing our job in the name of Christ. Uh, here's another phrase that's kind of like it. Stay in your lane. You ever get really um, scattered and away from the task that you've been given? There's no question. No question you do that in the workplace. I bet you do it sometimes at home, and I don't think there's any questions you do it at church too. We get out of the thing that we've been built to do, or we've been called to do, or we've been appointed to do. And so we're swerving out of our lane, wondering what kind of person, what kind of job that other person is doing, and claiming a particular human in our life is the one who has authority. How about give praise to the one who created all things? The one who makes the grass grow. 
you ever walk on grass and go, my goodness, this is tremendous. I'm so grateful for the one who created it. Mm -hmm. Will you now? Will this image help you remember that this grass is before me and it will be here after me? Now, I'm not talking about... Um, uh, uh, what, what do you call the people who take oh landscaping? I'm not talking about landscaping nerds that like grass dies every nine months and clearly this is new grass than the grass that whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this earth, this ground, this creation preceded us and will be here after us. And we have a limited window in which we can stay in our lane, do our job, and give grateful praise to the God who created it all. What kind of proficiency do you think these people were operating under in fighting over which leader was right? Over under 27.5% of what they should be doing. Which would put them where? Somewhere around 63% arguing and grumpy. How high could we get that? How much could we elevate that if we were to focus on the things that we've been called to do and not focus on the human leaders that we argue over who is right. What kind of implications does this text have for a church? What kind of implications does this text have for your workplace? What kind of implications does this have for politics and social media? What kind of implications does this have for your home? We will give thanks. We will praise God and we will not worship human leaders. Instead, we will think about what Jesus wanted to teach his people, the way Paul set up that church, and the opportunity that's before us in the unlimited amount of time that we have. And we'll stay motivated. And we'll wake up. And we'll be a little more focused on what God's called us to do. Let us pray. Lord, forgive us when we create problems out of nothing. Forgive us when we choose mortal, tangible leaders that we think are the ultimate solution to what's going on in our lives. Forgive us when we forget our job and swerve out of our lane. And call us to account to the opportunity that's been placed before us. in all the places we will be between this service and the next. Help us to be agents of your mercy and your love out of gratitude for your creation. Amen. Let's stand and join together in our modern affirmation. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love whose mercy is all over His works, and whose will is directed to His children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as the divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength, in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent 
in our words of love and acts of service that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. You may be seated. It's now time for our offering. And if you would like to give online or text to give, you'll see instructions in the bulletin. We have that opportunity every week. And I want to say thank you for the way you supported the Scouts and Super Bowl of Caring last week. You were very generous. And um, that will go to support Greer Community Ministries.
We are your body, fill us with your glory. We are your body. Would you stand and sing with us?
Thank you to everyone who helped make this service go and to everyone who puts the service online for people who haven't uh, been able to join us. Um, pray for nominations. Pray for the mission and service team as we think about what we're going to do uh, throughout this year. Pray for Advent as they um, rebuild and repurpose what they're going to do. Um, pray for all of us as we attempt to somehow set aside our tendency to face human leaders and face our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen. So Great week.